0: I tell you what, a song, a sound, if you lived in the 70s, I grew up in the 70s, the sound of the OJs were part of your soundtrack and has continued to be a part of the soundtrack of your life, Eddie Lavert who is on the live line with us, his voice (laughs) is going to be the soundtrack (laughs) for the rest of your life. Once you hear it, you uh, know it for the rest of your life. The OJs, the legendary OJs, are going to be performing uh, their last tour together and coming to Chicago on July 21st and 22nd at the Airy Crown Theater. WVON listeners, give a warm welcome to our friend Eddie LaVert on WVON. brother Eddie, thank you, sir, for coming on with us. How are you doing? Man, d- doing good. How how are you doing? I can't imagine. What is it like mentally to, as long as you guys have been performing together, to say this is it, this is our final run together?
1: That, that's because I'm um, uh, – Age is telling me that this is it. <laughs> right. You know, my legs are saying this is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my,
0: my, I know, know that's right. My
1: back is saying this is it. <laughs> uh, a lot of things are saying this is it. But, uh, you know, it's like, um you know, you got to know when to fold them and know when to run, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? And now, you know, we've had some great years and, and, um, you know, th- this is is still in our blood, and it's still something we like to do, and um, we're gonna we're gonna make this our, our our last and final and our our great run. I love this it. Is, we're trying to make it. We want to leave We want to leave our fans with a good taste in their mouth.
0: So look, you you were raised in Ohio in Canton, Ohio. So I want to obviously not that far from Chicago. Tell me about the first time you came to Chicago and performed, if you. Oh wow, the very first time we came to Chicago was uh, that's
1: when Mister Herb Kent was uh, in, on the radio at that
0: time at and this uh, at this radio station at WVOL? Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, he he in in turn. We came there and we we performed and and then Herb took us over his, over his house and that's when Herb uh, introduced us to um, his little idiosyncrasy about having uh, spirits and 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 meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah <right. laughs> so you so you know exactly what we went through. With oh yeah. yeah, he took us over his house and. Uh, and we had to hold hands and have a seance and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. So yeah, I'll never forget that. Never forget that. In the same interim he introduced us to um to um Mr. Span too. Oh yeah. You know well, yeah. And Mr Purvis and, and all of the, all of and and I think about the same time, if I'm not if I'm correct, Tom Jordan was around there. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was. I think Tom was the the go to boy. He was going to get coffee. Mm-hmm. He was the coffee.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, so and those, you know, those are some memorable times. I never, I never met so many great looking people. As far as you know, the the Herb had a a, a great fan base. Mm-hmm. So he introduced us to a lot of a lot of his fans. And, uh, never met so many beautiful women. All my life. <laughs> it sounds
0: like Herb, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: Herb,
0: Her, Herb has shared some great stories with me over the years before we lost him, man. And also Purvis Span, we just lost uh, Purvis Span, Eddie, yeah. Uh, yeah, just absolutely. recently, yeah. And uh, his daughter Melody Span Cooper is our president here at WVON, so the Span name and legacy lives on here. And and those memories. Do you remember the venue you guys played here in Chicago? Uh, I, and that's what I
1: was trying to rack my mind to figure out what what, was the place. Was it the High uh,
0: Chaparral? When, uh, it could have been the High Chaparral, the Regal.
1: It been the High Chaparral. Yep. Could have been. Yep, that sounds it about right. What, whatever, what, whatever, it was, it was Herb's uh, uh, gig. It was one of
0: his gigs, so it could have been the High Chaparral. Mm-hmm. That, could that, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. When when you were coming up, when you guys started, because I was reading the bio here, and you guys started in the 50s, actually, when you guys were in high school and, and got together. Who who were you trying to be like? Who were you guys trying to, uh, uh, or who were you you're idling? Because groups were all over the place.
1: At that, at that time, I'd, I'd have
0: to say we were
1: trying to be like the Drifters. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah, the Drifters, They you know, because they had this magic moment. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if you listen to that record, the strings on the beginning of that record was so fascinating, and we were so caught up in it that we used to go to the um, to the juke joint wherever they had a, a, had a uh, a jukebox, and we put in twenty five cents and just play that over and over mm-hmm. again just to hear the strings, and then once. Watched the Drifters one time in Pittsburgh, and um, they, you know, just seeing them live, and seeing how smooth they were—that's that that what probably, which gave us our biggest kick in the booty as trying to be in show business, was watching them and seeing them how smooth they were and how great they sounded.
0: Let me ask you what was it like and then you guys being a group and 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 trying to you know get a record deal and sign and everything and then bam all of this music is coming out of Detroit and Motown and all the attention uh is going there Were you guys trying to get to Detroit and get signed by Motown
1: oh, yeah. yeah we we actually went there. We actually went there. Eddie he, of course you knew where we got the name The OJ's from. Eddie OJ took us up there to make a deal with Barry Gordy. And we went up there, and uh, Barry, for some reason or other, him and Barry couldn't get together on what the deal should be because he claimed Barry Gordy wanted too much money, and he wasn't going for that. So we went around the corner, signed a deal with Thelma Gordy for Dayco Records, and in doing that, we ended up coming to Detroit and recording some records with uh, with her at uh, with Norman Whitfield with Edwin Starr, and while we were there, we were staying. We were all living in a house and in this boarding house where they put you up while you were recording there. And in that boarding house was Martha Reese and the Vandellas, Wilson Pickett, the the Temptations, uh, the Supremes. Uh, and all of these people were living in the same boarding house. Now, this is all before they got their hit records. And so we recorded our record, and uh, they, in turn, after we recorded our record, they started getting all of their hit records. The the the, Thames, the Supremes, Martha Reeves, and the Vandellas, even down the Wilson. Wilson Pickett when he was with the Falcons Mm -hmm. and they recorded a song called "I Found the Love." Uh, It was like all of these people are getting all the people that was in that boarding house was getting hit records except us. And so we felt that we we just felt like we were cursed. I mean, what what do we have to do? We need to do something to to get we need to get on board like they are. And so it was like very frustrating period. And then we 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 were going from pillar to post. We went to we went to California. We recorded with HB Barnes, got a top forty record. But you know, at that time, if you wasn't in the top ten, you wasn't making no noise. Mm. So uh, we went from HB to to Liberty Records and did a song called Lipstick Traces. Then we did a song called Lonely Drifter. And, and then we went to New York and recorded with um, George Kerr and Rocky G and Frankie Crocker. We did I'll Be Treated Tomorrow than I was yesterday, which, which sort of put us in the, into the race as far as r and music. And from there, we went to and House and we did One Night fair You're the Best Thing Since Candy, Looky, uh, Looky. And you know they regional hit nothing to talk about. Not until after gambling up, and you got to remember our connection with Chicago still lived on because Leonard Chess was at that time distributing Mm -hmm. for 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 Philly International. Hmm. So after Leonard Chess died, they uh, uh, gambling up. You know they, they lost the deal, whatever something went bad with the deal. And so everybody went home and nobody got paid. And then they made another deal with Sony over there at uh, CBS and Clive Davis. And that's when we did Backstabbers. And we finally got there, man. It was like, Jesus, we, you think you're never going to make it. You think you're never going to get there. And finally you get one of the biggest records you ever had in your life. And then it was like, okay, you got to hit records. Now you only did it your last record and it's
0: business, <laughs> so you need to do it again. <laughs> All right. But you so guys, it, you, it became, you guys had you 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 had some good uh, producers there. So doing it again, the pressure was on everybody. But you had a good team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They they were great writers and producers, and so we were able to we we were able to keep getting the records. Love Train, the I love music. The the, you know, for the love of money, all of that, all that used to be my girl, all all of that stuff. We had about about four great, gold and platinum albums in a row. You know what I'm saying? So it, but the pressure was on to keep doing it. You know, and and, and that's the object. When you get a hit record, you want to. The, the pressure is on. Can you do it again?
0: Let me ask you this cuz originally you guys had 5 members and then it and then when you went to Philly International you you got down to 3. Do you think if you kept the 5 do you think you would have been successful because it seems like the 3 of you guys were perfect for 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 the moment.
1: Well, I I thank God God uh in his ever knowing ways that he he led us to the 3 because we we with the, with the five, it was mediocre success. With the four, it was mediocre success. And as soon as we got down to three guys, the three guys, uh, myself, Walt Williams, and William Powell, was really the nucleus the nucleus of the five. And uh, when it got down to those three, there was nothing we couldn't do vocally, because we all had voices. William had a great voice uh Walt ha- had a great be- voice, as we know, and you know, I was I was I was bringing up the rear, you know, and saying I was the guy that you know. Listen, I I practice and worked hard. I've I've stayed in the mirror trying to work out how I was gonna look and how I was gonna spin. And when I do make an ugly face, I wanted to be really. I wanted to be, I wanted to be able that something people would never forget you know that and they used to always tell me you know that's the ugly black day <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> well, I tell you, you so, stood out brother it, you stood out that's for sure. I
1: was I was I was you know I was feeling the music mm-hmm. the music was a part of me it was all of me it was all in me and so I could express myself no other way
0: you you guys are Going on tour for a final tour here in Chicago, July 21st and 22nd at the Airy Crown Theater. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets at the end of this interview. We're talking to the legendary Eddie LaVert of the OJs, giving us a history of his journey and the group's journey to success. Didn't happen overnight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This was a, a long journey, but a journey that we all, uh, were the beneficiaries of, and like I said, the soundtrack of our lives is filled with songs from the OJs and uh, will continue to I, be. I gotta tell you this story because it was hilarious. So this was back in uh, the mid 90s, maybe the late 90s, I think. And, um, uh, Narada, Michael Walden is my cousin. So he, the, yeah, n- uh, n- yeah, Narda came great. to Chicago,
1: a great, a great producer, man. Yeah. Producer.
0: Yeah. Narda came to Chicago for the WGCI music seminar and <clears throat> we're at the Hyatt hotel. Um, and everybody that's coming there, Narda was participating in a producer's uh, seminar and everybody there is checking in the hotel and, and Narda sees, Uh, Your son, Gerald. Right. And so Gerald sees Narda and they like, oh, what's up, man? You know, they're doing all of that. And Narda tells Gerald, he's like, man, I had your father in the studio recording. And Gerald just started laughing right away. (laughs) He just (laughs) he said, man. Your father, man, he took off his shirt, and Gerald just started laugh. He started laugh. Gerald was like, "Did he start?" Gerald was like, "Did he start sweating and stuff?" Nard was like, "Man, he started sweating and stuff." <laughs> <laughs> Gerald was like, "Man, he does it all the time." Nard. <laughs> uh,
1: that's it. I, well, you know, I'm so into it, man. It's like, uh, it's like I, I don't know why I sweat like that when I'm singing, you know, and all I'm doing is singing. I ain't doing no hard labor, but it's just like it's all—it's part of my whole body, and it's something that I—I, I, yeah, I've done since I was uh, since I got into business. You know, when I go to singing, it's all of me or nothing.
0: Man, let me tell you, Gerald just laughed so hard—he—he—he he, he was finishing Nard a sentence for him. Man, he said he took off his shirt. Gerald was like, "Did he start sweating?" He's like, "Man, he sweated." <laughs> <laughs> man. Eddie, it was so funny, brother. They just were cracking up, busting up, man. It it, it was... Uh... Well, well
1: it, it's a, I don't know why Gerald's laughing. He does the same thing. Same thing, thing. right? <laughs> I, I don't know why he's laughing at all.
0: Ah, uh, that's you know, funny.
1: He's, he's a sweater, too. Is that right? Right. <laughs> I think
0: he might have said that to Narda, too. He might have told
1: him that. Yeah, yeah, right. He's a sweater, too. He can't sing without sweating.
0: I know, that's no, right. No man. way. What do you what are you, what are you gonna do after all of this? After this final tour, what you gonna do,
1: Eddie? I, I look, look. I, I sometimes I paint. I do. I am a painter, and I still write songs, and I still to, to produce music. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing. I I do uh, Eddie Lavert. I got a Eddie Lavert album coming out sometime mm-hmm. during this tour. It's called "It Ain't Easy," mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I just did a duet with my youngest daughter, uh, Brian. It's called a song called Never. And so I think I'm going to still be involved in the music. I'm still going to be writing songs. I'm still going to be painting. And then maybe someday, uh, while when, when we get to Chicago, I might have some uh, painting with them and I'll offer, offer somebody. So you get
0: a chance to see my work. I'd love to, brother. We'd love to... Make sure that happens, and uh, get you here in the city, and come by WVON and tell some of your stories. Uh, you got a big fan base here. I mean, you know that over the years. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, like like I say, you know, Chicago is a great place for for me. I love coming there uh, because we used to we used to go to uh, Gary and then where they had the. Uh, the, the where they had that theater down in Maryville. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people from Chicago would come down there and spend the weekend. We'd be there for maybe Thanksgiving. Sometimes we'd be there for Christmas, and uh the the, the people from Chicago had supported the OJ's throughout a whole career. I could never say, uh, look, it's it's a place I might have stayed there at one time in my life if I. If I could have – if I didn't have – if y'all didn't have the hawk.
0: I know that's right. <laughs> <Chicago>. <laughs> I know that's right.
1: lives there, right. Man. But the hawk is so – he's brutal over there, man.
0: man. Hawk is still kicking my butt, man, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> – hey, hey, Eddie, I thought you was going to say, I would have moved there if Herb Kent hadn't scared me with that Ouija board. <laughs>
1: that Ouija board. <laughs> uh, the, I, mean, I can't believe it. And, you know, you would – he would actually have the thing moving, and you'd be scared <laughs> to death. You'd be talking about, what is, what is this? What is this? That is was fun. into that stuff. I mean, I can't. every time I've ever come to Chicago, you know, and then he, he got to the place where well, you need to come over, and we'll bring out the Ouija, but oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no, Herb. that's that's okay. I'm good. I'm good,
0: man. I, I, I to do Her- it. Herb must have really liked you guys, though, because let me tell you this: He Herb has told me stories um, about how he would bring uh, artists over to his house. He told me a story one time about he had, he had uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes in his backyard playing cards and and people, yeah, man. and people just you know all around. But I think the best story, you know, the story you told at the beginning of this interview of being in a boarding house in Detroit with the Temptations and Martha Reeves and. And, you know, brother Norman Whitfield, man, you know, Edwin Starr, you're talking about some historic and classic writers, brother.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, like uh, Edwin Starr, you know, uh, Norman Whitfield, he's still. You know, he
0: still owe me money, man. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get with him someday. One <laughs> day. <laughs> hey, hey, look, Nor Norm made a ton of money off a of car wash, man. He should have been there to pay you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, there, Norman he, he he used to, now when we when we would go and get with Charlie Atkins in Las Vegas to rehearse, but when we getting ready to go on tour and Charlie would be teaching us steps and norman would be coming through there and he he loved to gamble and so anytime you saw him you 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 try to go the other direction right, he right. wouldn't <laughs> see you because he, he was always talking about okay man let me have a couple of hundred i'll see you <laughs> next time i'll see you cuz he, yeah,
0: he was a bad gambler man was he, he really <laughs> Man, and a great songwriter, though, brother,
1: man. Oh uh, Yeah, one of the greatest, one, one of the, the greatest, and one of the best, and and a good guy, and really a good guy.
0: Eddie, I thank you so much. Eddie LaVert, guys, uh, legendary OJs coming to Chicago July 21st and 22nd. Get your tickets now. We're going to give away a pair of tickets um, let's see, when should we do it? Should we do it right now? Let's do caller number what you want to do, Titus. Let's say caller number eight uh at five nine one sixteen ninety is gonna win a pair of tickets to go see Eddie Levert, the OJ's, July twenty-first and twenty-second at the Airy Crown Theater. Eddie, I love you, brother. Chicago loves you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. God bless you. I I want to get you back on the show and uh, have you once all of this is over with and bring your paintings and let's make sure this relationship between WVON and Eddie LaVert continues forever.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I'll make sure I bring a painting. And you guys can, and we'll auction it off or do something. Let's do now it. you know Tom Jonah is going to be there for those two days. Oh, and, is that right? And, and yeah, they're going to be doing. Y'all are supposed to be doing some kind of honor, giving him something. He he's bugging the shit out of me. About it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Tom's a great guy though, man. I love him to that's death, my man. Guy. That's my God, I love him guy. to death. That's, he's been very- one of my best. That's one of my best is that right? Well, tell him. Tell yeah. WVON says hi, man, because that guy has been good to me, man. Just a good guy. Will we'll do. We'll Eddie, do. thank you, man. We'll
1: Take care. Man. All right. I'll see you soon.
0: See you, see soon. you soon. Yes,
1: sir.